Welcome to another solo edition of Who's Your Band. It is usually myself and Jeffrey Paul, but uh, when you are in a relationship or married or you just have a good friend, sometimes you got to do some horrible things for that person. And Jeff tonight is at a really horrible concert. So uh, I'm doing this solo tonight, and uh, I have somebody on here that I've wanted to get on this show for at least a year, and I'll give you a little background about him. Not only is he a great, great stand-up comedian, uh, one of the few that I actually like, which is very, very rare to begin with, <laughs> uh, he's also a lawyer, and he is also going to talk about my favorite band of all time tonight. So uh, <laughs> let's give it up for the great, not only comedian but impressionist as well jl Covan. uh thank you very much pleasure to be here how you doing buddy good good it's been a minute it has it's it's not only has it been a long time but it's like time not that this isn't sort of a cliche at this point but like time feels very weird now Mm -hmm. like it feels literally like time is flying by and going nowhere simultaneously yes it's (laughs) very true i just lost two years of my life which feels like a horrible thing. And yet I feel like nothing's happened. (laughs) (laughs) I bought a house in January and I bought it and then I moved in on a Saturday. And then Sunday is when we had that monster three foot snowstorm. So like, I feel like, and like now I just had to put the heat on. So I understand what you're saying about time. It's like, I feel like I just shoveled three and a half feet of snow. (laughs) And there's 10 months later, I got to put the fucking heat on again. I'm not happy about this shit, but. Yeah. What, what, what did you do? Did you do like the whole like not leave your house during uh, quarantine thing? Um, my day job was, uh, you know, remote. It went mm-hmm. remote. Um, they now start. They kind of want us to start coming back to the office. But uh, I basically um, my girlfriend basically did all because I was I had this unexpected turn of success with my impressions that like right. went super viral. Yep. So I would joke with her like, well, while I'm home since I'm precious cargo. Now you go to the supermarket and do all our shopping. This, this needs to be kept COVID free. <laughs> That's great. You, you go out on the front lines. I'm all for equality. Listen, um, if you, if someone has to die, it has to be you because <laughs> I can afford a good funeral doing this Trump impersonation. Right. And then, I mean, think of all that I could attract once single again with this newfound G level right. fame. Right. So Any really... right wing nut in Indiana is at your beck and call. Let me just tell you. <laughs> so, yeah, basically, I mean, I once, you know, I went out with a mask. I didn't do anything really social, sadly. But, you know, once I got vaccinated, I, you know, started going to some movies, went out and met friends. So I, I just played things cautiously, but I don't think crazy cautious, just smart cautious, I guess. How did you like House of Gucci, by the way? Oh, yeah. Um, I actually it's weird. I actually enjoyed it. It was it was too long. And I don't usually say it like, in other words, yeah. I, I said uh, I have a tweet in my drafts where I was like, it's like a shorter Irishman that feels longer than the Irishman. Um, Like when you remove 99% of the murders from the Irishman, then it's just a very long movie about just some people talking. (laughs) I get it. But I did like, but the thing is I I sound like I'm shitting on the movie, but I actually did kind of like it. I just wish it had been like a half hour shorter. Yeah. That's one of the things I like about you is that you have no problem calling things on its bullshit. (laughs) 
<laughs> and that's, I love that. And that's why it took me uh, 17 years and a lucky uh, algorithm during a catastrophic worldwide pandemic to finally break through. <laughs> right. So tell, tell people, like, how, how did you start doing the, uh, the, the famous Trump impersonation? Because I've seen a bunch of comics do it. I don't see anybody doing it as good as you. Oh, thanks. Well, it was it was it was something I've always done impressions. I basically, you know, I I started very early in stand up with impressions. And at the time, you don't realize what a horrible hack you sound like. You hear <laughs> you hear laughter and you go, I'm great. You, you look back and it's like, but guys, what if you were going to McDonald's and like. Arnold Schwarzenegger and De Niro are right next to you. Like it hurts to even say that in a mocking way. Right. It right. feels so gross. <laughs> but eventually after about three, two years, three years, I was just like, I still want to do impressions, but I, I now don't like doing them in, in, on stage. Mm -hmm. So, you know, started a YouTube channel and said, Oh, I'll do all, I'll do that stuff there. And then I can talk about other things in my own voice on stage. Um, I was I was a regular guest on Adam Carolla for a right. few years and started doing different impressions. And then I tried a Trump. This was like 2014 and it wasn't that good, but I thought it was good at the time. Mm -hmm. And it was OK. But I really started like a year before he announced he was running by just by like coincidence. Like, I don't I'm just doing voices that I think I can do doesn't matter if he's relevant or not. And lo and behold, sure. he became quite relevant. A little bit for a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, a touch. <laughs> and then uh, it just, he was on TV so much. Obviously he was, do he dominated the media, like, like really nothing or no one has ever dominated it. So he was on my TV like six hours a day. Yeah. And it would just be like, you'd be hearing him so much that, you know, I just picked up different nuances and, and I started a podcast as him thinking, oh, this will hit. And ESPN radio played videos of mine for like a year on the Dan Lebitard show. So I was like, oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And nothing really popped from it other than like, oh, that's a nice little credit, but no, there was no money coming in. There was nothing big happening. So the impression was good, was very good. And then I was just messing around early in the pandemic, bored. Like I, people always say, oh, did you think it would go viral? I was like, well, since I've had one video go viral in 16 years, you don't, you don't go, um, I think this is the one. Yeah. You never know when it's going to hit. <laughs> right. And I, but I never thought I was just like, oh, this will be, this is funny and posted a video and it, it, it's so weird to say this, but it like changed my life. It's sure. so, it's, but it's so bizarre because you're like that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's kind of like when you, what, like when you're on stage and like you have a joke that you know, works, you know, it, no matter where you do it, it works, but you've done it for like six years and you fucking hate yourself for doing it. Uh -huh. And then like, you're in the middle of your set and you're like, wait, my ego needs to be stroked. Let me go pull that one out of the hat. So right. I can get the little three, 30 second applause break. Sure. I totally get what you're saying, but so it, was, it, was, uh, it was very cool. And like by then, uh, you know, it became a, a real moneymaker for me. And I was like, it was, uh, it was, it was just, it's really bizarre because it just makes you think you, you want to think as a comedian that it's like another job where it's like, as long if I'm good and I work hard, I, I should get some reward. It doesn't mean I'm going to be Maniscalco, 
Right. But maybe if I'm good and I work hard, I should have a career. And it, even that's not guaranteed. No, it's not at all. So then when you look at all the work and the travel and the and the different, you know, late a couple of late night credits, a couple of like cool podcast appearances, you think that will add to something and it really doesn't. And then one video when you're bored does 16 years of work in a week. So true, man. And it's like, so, and it's, it's like a tease because I want to tell most comedians, like young comedians, are any advice? I was like, honestly, quit. And I don't mean that in like a you personally, but it's like, it's probably not going to work out. Like my advice to you would be like, I was very good, worked hard. And it all came down to a global pandemic and Twitter's algorithm showing me kindness <laughs> and then yeah look at that now now i i have a career again <laughs> see i have the opposite kind of story is like i you know i'm doing it 13 years so i'm not that far off from you and you know we do the weekend warrior thing while doing the day job and it's hard you know because then you work five days a week and then you're traveling on the fifth night and then you're staying in a hotel and blah 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 so i was like i booked my first cruise in january of 2020 and I was like, all right, this is great. I said, this is going to be like the start of the push that I need. Right. So I started booking every week and every week and every weekend. And then I got laid off from my job of 20 years oh. on Valentine's Day. And I'm leaving on the cruise in two weeks. I'm like, you know what? This is it. This is all I needed. This is my push. I'm ready to go. So now it's like the, the, the new thing I say on stage. Now I tell them this whole big story. I go, I got off the cruise and I found out somebody in China ate a fucking bat. And this is why I'm at the fucking raccoon lodge in the middle of Connecticut on a Saturday night. Right. Now, you know, but yeah, I, I love watching your success. And that's one of the things that I, I despise about comedians is because 99% of them get jealous and they don't talk to you. And then they, they badmouth you behind your back and they start posting weird shit on social media. If one of us wins, man, everybody wins. Yeah. It's, um, it is, it's, I, it's just, it's just still, it's still a weird thing to me because I'm, I'm one of those, I don't want to say I'm, I am bitter, but that's not the oh, word you're I'm looking bitter, for. You're, you're very bitter. <laughs> But it's, it just feels so, it still feels so weird to just be like, I got all these different opportunities for like the, like not, this isn't just like a good luck strut. Like, Hey, I was performing with um, Bill Burr one night and he saw my set, like a good piece of luck was I like performed on a show with Roy Wood Jr. Like after the pandemic, he liked my set. He had me open for him in Long Island. That's mm -hmm. it. That's like right. a cool good luck that you're like, hey, lucky me. But it doesn't define your existence and careers. I mean, you're just like, hey, that's what's fun about comedy. Sometimes you a lucky break and a gig comes your way and you meet some people all within like the normal feeling of luck. Yeah. This was like, really? I need like the things that had to happen on a global scale <laughs> are so still true. just bizarre to me. It really is strange, man. <laughs> it really is. Like I'll still catch people wearing masks like inside of my shows. Do you see people doing that? Um, I, I do. I, I, I don't, I don't mind it uh, or, or think anything's wrong because I appreciate that, like, 
hey, if you're if you're coming out, if you're willing to come out, even if you think it's like if I assume you're vaccinated, if you're wearing a mask and you're coming out, you're probably vaccinated because like you wouldn't not wear a mask, but you'll be like careless or reckless. Sure. Like you'd either be like, I don't care about anything or like, but um, I think this, this thing was obviously scary and it is scary. And anybody who, if you're coming out to buy it, if you're buying a ticket, do, do whatever you want. It, like, I'm not going to bl- be mad for, for extra safety if it yeah. makes you feel better or, or, or whatever. But yeah, most people seem to, you know, not wear the mask. Like you have a hard time a, getting back on the road. Like, uh, just like fear wise. Uh, the only, the only time, like once I got vaccinated, that made me feel like I had like, like real protection. Uh, the, the weirdest show for me was the first show I did like a bar show in New York city hmm. because it was like, I had gone nowhere. And now I was in like the most, dangerous sort of spot in terms of if nobody's vaccinated and nothing's going on, like a crowded like mm-hmm. bar is yeah. like not where you actually want to be. So I was like, well, uh, I know most of us are vaccinated and I'm, uh, I'm vaccinated, but it still took like a little bit of time just to be like, I'm back in public, mm-hmm. like in places that were dangerous, you oh, know, yeah. to me before. So I, uh, I, I had an instance, it was actually before I had gotten vaccinated. So I got vaccinated, I guess in March. So this was November and I was on the road. I took a weekend in uh, Harrisburg at the comedy mm-hmm. zone. Sure. So, so you've been there, right? No, but I'm going to be there in January. Okay. So just so you know, the way the hotel is, it's um, the rooms have two entrances, the main one that's in the lobby, it goes to the lobby and then the back door that goes to this courtyard, it's a circular courtyard. Now, it's not the greatest hotel in the world. Let's just put it that way. OK, um, I think a lot of Section 8 live there. Sure. OK, so I was out. I was having a smoke and I saw a young guy about 21, 22 come up to me. He was like, yo, yo, can I get a hit? And I'm like, I don't, I don't do that, you know, whatever. And I turned my head again. And then he was literally an inch from my face. And he was like, you know where I can score? And I could felt, I I just felt his spit droplets just falling on my face. And I was like, I am not working anymore until, (laughs) until this thing fucking goes away. And I got nervous. Like I really, like I actually went and got tested. Like I was, I was really nervous about that, but I, I kind of feel the same way. It's like, I, I don't, uh, I won't do like the whole, you know, hug picture thing right now. I'll kind of like do the fist bump and I'll kind of like, you know, if I know them, obviously I'm going to hug them. But like, if it's a stranger and stuff like that, I kind of like do the elbow or the, or the hand, like a See, real I have been douche. doing the hug and picture, but I, but one of my, one of my reasons for this is because obviously a lot of the people coming out to see me are left of center. Cause mm-hmm. they know me as this like Trump, GOP impersonator mocking guy. So, and once I got vaccinated, it was like, I did a show, uh, a podcast at the stress factory, like summer 2020. So like no vaccine outdoors, but like, and we didn't draw that well. And the main reason was all our Jersey fans. It was not South Jersey coming to see us. It was progressive, yeah. Progressive Jersey was like, yeah, we're just going to stay home, but we'll see you like when we feel safe. Um, so that sort of, that sent me the message of like, oh, okay. So my people will be, once there's a vaccine people, 
Mm-hmm. So, so when I do shows, I, I've, I've tested several times just to be safe that I'm not carrying anything, you know, sure. I, I, like I'm not sick, but, and I've tested negative every time, like after, after road work. So it's like, except, it's, a, except AIDS, but continue. Well, yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's, that's whatever. Yeah. Um, but so I feel like I'm comfortable with my fans knowing that like, Oh, you burned me on my early shows. So I trust that you're at, you're, you're, you're staying safe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I, it was like, it was mind blowing to me. Like I had seen the impersonations for a long time. And then I get an email from uh, cameo. It's like, I forgot what it was. It was like a promotional <laughs> thing and stuff like that. So I'm like, I can remember like, maybe two or three years ago, I used to work with these two comics and they were just fucking hacking half, man. And uh, they were doing it. And I'm like, what the fuck kind of person, what kind of comedian is going to do fucking cameo? Right. So like, I'm scrolling through and I'm like, no, no, this isn't a bad thing. And I'm like, looking, I'm like, I don't know half these fucking people. So then I see like, you know, there's like big, big names doing it. And I'm like, all right. So this is kind of, this is legit now. Like I, I had first seen it when it was like kind of on the ground floor. You right. Know? Well, COVID changed. I mean, when it was so popular last year because it was a, a fun and safe gift you could give somebody sure. because it was like, I'm not going to see you. So, Hey, this is fun. So they, they had a humongous year last year. Oh Yeah. I'm scrolling and I'm like, I'm seeing these comics that are like, you know, 30 bucks, 20 bucks. And I'm like, I know that fucking guy. And I clicked on, I'm like, if this son of a bitch is doing five calls a day and he's making this, I'm going to find where this fucker lives. I'm going to beat the shit out of him. Because (laughs) No, I made like last year, it's tailed off a lot this year. Now it's, now it's like a nice side. It's a side gig. Sure. La- but but a good one. I'm not trying to diminish it. But last year, I made more in the nine months I was on Cameo than I made the entire year from my law firm salary. That is insane. And what was good about that? And and yes, I when the video started blowing up, my girlfriend said to me, "What about Cameo?" And I said to her, "I was like, I'm a com- I'm a stand up comedian. I'm not doing Cameo. What do you think?" Right. Like, and then they then they like approach and and I was like, maybe I could do cameo. <laughs> and but the the pride I take in it is like mostly I'm most celebrities they'll give you like a like a minute and it's just like hey I'm so and so I know you're a fan happy birthday blah blah blah. With me the the kind of advantage I had was because I didn't do the Trump in makeup or suit it was just me in a hat and that's mm-hmm. how people knew me. I could give people their own personalized cameo that looked just like what they knew me from. Like if Michael Irvin does a cameo for you, he's not catching a touchdown (laughs) in the video. He's just saying, Hey, happy birthday. Yeah. Glad you're a fan. Whereas I was, I give people because I try, you know, I charged a lot, but it, but it worked like, yeah, obviously. So I, I felt a kind of guilt to be like, I would do like six minute stories with all the information they'd given me. So at least people would be like, that was like the funniest shit we've ever gotten. So, th- so they don't think, Oh, what a ripoff or who's this guy there. They just think that really was awesome. So, yeah. 
that's a great it's a great thing man because i've I've seen like the like the i don't know if you want to call them trial videos or like the trailers that they send out you're right some of them are just like hey you know i'm michael winslow from police academy (laughs) and just do that and he's done but like it's true you you, you give them a good product and i was you know i saw it i was blown away and then i was like you know what i'm glad somebody decent is actually making money off of this because everybody (laughs) they knew who was doing it was a real piece of garbage they really were and i hated the fact that i knew they were making money which pissed me off to begin with but i want to go into some music shit oh yeah all right uh and you are first, you are you are like a music guy i'm glad yeah. i picked guns and roses because you probably speak on a hundred bands with the authority that only i can only speak with on like guns and roses yeah and like but if you look behind group. me there's a guns and roses flag well, there yes, so sir. i know i know what i'm talking about with this band oh, yeah. so so how old are you first of all 42 okay so you're close to my age so when appetite comes out i am 11 12 so you're like eight nine so when mm-hmm. did you discover this band at what age um my brother came home my older brother uh who is who likes guns rose but like like he's not like me like he liked hey welcome to the jungle sweet child of mine awesome uh but he had the single like like a 45 this is how old how old we're going back right, right. A 45 of sweet child of mine and he plays it and i was just like oh that's pretty good and you know mtv is is it, it still makes me sad that mtv is like no longer like in terms of playing because i really did just kind of like watching music videos yeah but i i understand what you're saying but i also kind of like the fact that it's changed because yeah. now it's like something that it's ours like sure. you want to oh, right 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 you know what i mean like it's our generations like you right. want to see some like 14 year old kid saying oh my god i watched some classic rock and it was you know blink 182 you want right. to punch him right in the mouth ah. you know? so i'm kind of <laughs> glad they don't have music anymore True. but yeah it was huge i mean mtv was the reason for everything for me it was right. my, i'd be home at three o'clock at 301 it was on no matter if it was oh, your yeah. mtv raps or trl anything absolutely but but it was you know so though uh just seeing i guess once i heard sweet child of mine I don't even remember that. I know Paradise City was like a, a later single off of right. Appetite for Destruction. So I don't know. I can't remember which I heard first, Sweet Child or Welcome to the Jungle. But they were just, I, I, I can't even describe it because it feels weird being like eight or nine years old and be like, I love this. But I lo- like, it rocked. There's no other way of saying it. It just, they it. rocked. Like It was different. Like I loved everything. And I, I love I'm a fan of, of, of hair. I, I like plenty of hair metal, mm-hmm. but whenever someone to this day will be like, Oh, like, like, but I'm like, Guns N' Roses, not hair metal. Oh, Guns, absolutely Guns N' Roses are, are closer to the airs to rolling, the rolling stones than they are poison. <laughs> yeah. I, I argue this with Alice in Chains. People go, Alice in Chains is a grunge band. No, they're not. They are a right. heavy metal band. 1000%. Yeah. Same thing. And I guess by the time Paradise City, like it's so weird, but by the time Paradise City comes out, I have a new favorite band. Like yeah. I have a I have a favorite band and it's Guns N' Roses. And when I bought the album, you know, with a parental sticker on it, hmm. um, by the time they get to, is the first curse on the album on It's So Easy? Does yeah. it drop like an F? So I, I am like innocent ears because, you know, <laughs> the three singles they released were, were clean in terms yeah. of uh, language. 
And I'm listening. I'm like, oh, he said, uh oh, better put the headphones in when I listen to this at home. But that whole album, and I'm that whole album, I mean, at the age of nine or whatever, I knew that this was like, this is an amazing. This is an amazing work. Yeah. Appetite for destruction. Like I was like, this is, and of course, as I get older and older, I just grow in appreciation, but it, it tells you something about the, the universal quality of their rock that like a, a nine-year-old coming into his awareness of music can love it. And then a, a 42-year-old who's heard uh, millions of songs can just go, this is still for me in my lifetime the best rock band. Like, yeah. Like in my, since I've been like groups that have emerged since my birth, I rank them number one, like, and, and not just, not just favorite, but in like real quality. Yeah. I, I was uh, the same way. Cause I, I mean, I've talked about this before on the show, but you never, you haven't heard it. So my mom was the country music and the oldies, like fifties and sixties. So my uncle, uh, who was like my best friend of the world. He goes, I remember one day he says to me, listen, I know you listen to that stuff that your mom likes, but listen to this. And he gave me Blizzard of Oz by Ozzy. And I was like, okay, I can listen to her stuff and like it. And I can listen to his stuff and like it. Sure. The thing about Guns N' Roses, that was the first band that was mine. Right. You know, that was, it was, my, I saw the video. I wasn't shown the video. I didn't, I wasn't made to listen to the song. I was the one who liked this and was like, wow, this is what I want to, this is the kind of stuff that I love. And I remember the same thing. Like I personally, I've seen them now. We'll talk about seeing them later on, but I've seen yeah. them like a, almost a dozen times at this point, And they close uh. a paradise city every time. And I leave because I fucking hate paradise city. Wow. <laughs> It just, I just, it's not the greatest song, you know, but I always liked the, uh, on appetite. I was more of a fan of the songs that weren't the singles. Like it was always for me personally, if somebody asks me, what is the quintessential guns and roses song? It's out to get me. Oh, wow. I, I think at the epitome of guns and roses is that song. And so I'll always pick you know, that or Mr. Brownstone or uh night buckets of the jungle in paradise city. Uh, I, I think so. Uh, I love Mr. Brownstone. I love, uh, it's like, but also I'm surprised like rocket queen almost sounds like a single. Like Not, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure you don't, you wouldn't like, cause it almost sounds like a single. I didn't like it forever until I saw them do it live. Okay. And uh, now, now I can tolerate it. I could I have to listen to a live version. I can't listen to the studio tracks though, but so yeah, for me, it's still the greatest debut album of all time. Yeah. Uh, and it's I'll give you the down. one song, the one song that I don't skip any songs, but the song I do skip if I'm making any effort is, uh, is it think about you? Yeah, it's garbage. Garbage. Like it is. I hate to say that, but that's the one song we can differ on different things, but that's the one yeah. song where I'm like, what, what is that? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I, I'm not one of those people who thinks like, like, again, huge GNR fan. Like I'm watching the, this Beatles series mm -hmm. uh, on get back. I'm not one of those people who is like, if they love a band, they believe that every single thing is gold. Right. No, we're going to talk about illusion. Cause that's just one album. Let's just get that out of the way in, on right. the front end. Yeah. But then we get, you know, go into Lies, right? And Lies was kind of cool, you know? 
my first slow dance ever was to Patience. Okay. You know, because I was a little, I'm a little bit older than you. My first slow dance was Patience, but uh, what do you, I prefer personally that version of You're Crazy to the Appetite version. Not only that, that <laughs> version is like a top five Guns N' Roses song for me. The yeah. acoustic You're Crazy is so good. Yep. It's so good. It like, oh my God, like you're like, I, the confession lies is one of those albums where I was like, I had that, like, oh, I, I have patience on my iTunes, but I never like this. This will sound very bad as a, as a Guns N' Roses fan. I had the spaghetti incident before I owned lies. Really? Okay. Um, but the, I think I was like such a musically ignorant person that I was like, oh, it's just like acoustic stuff. Well, whatever. I guess I like Guns N' Roses when they rock. Right. You know, just so I was like, oh, is it all like patience? So I never really bothered. It wasn't until I was an adult that I got lies. And you're crazy. The acoustic is one of my five favorite Guns N' Roses songs. Right up there for me, too. I loved it so much. I used to do a web series uh, with my wife and the intro was the intro to you're crazy. Uh, but I, I cut yeah, it off at 10 yeah, seconds. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now I wouldn't catch it on the Facebook <laughs> algorithms. <laughs> So I cut it off at like eight to 10 seconds, but like, it's kind of like a weird thing where it was like two married people yelling at each other. And like the theme was you're crazy, but nobody heard the words to it. <laughs> right, like, right. I thought it was genius, but uh, so yeah, then, so then that comes out and then there's a lull mm-hmm. and there's this lull. And then, then I'm, I'm 13 and I'm listening to a station called Z rock 1480 AM, which is around where we live now. And they go, we have a debut song. It's going to be on this uh, compilation album. And it's a song by Guns N' Roses called Civil War. And I almost, they almost shit. Like I was like, what, what, what new music, right? So that comes out. And then the Days of Thunder soundtrack comes out. And I'm like, oh my God, here's not, there's a Guns N' Roses song. I played this horrible soundtrack 4,000 times just to hear that Guns N' Roses song. Because I was so obsessed at what this What was the point. song on Days of Thunder? Knocking on Heaven's Door. Oh, oh, okay. So it's before Illusion. This before the Illusion gotcha. albums come out. So then, okay, this is great. I went to Sam Goody in Mill Creek Mall in Sea Caucus and reserved my copies. Nice. Remember when you can do that, you put the two dollars sure. down. So I go there, I get the CD and I get the cassettes. Sam Goody in in uh, in Yonkers for me. Okay, that's where I got them. So you get those two albums. Now, what are your I fight people on this because they know what kind of GNR fan that I am. I think it's only one good album in total. You mean in total, not like one or the other, but no, like, you take the yes. 29 songs. Like Dane it's, Cook retaliation. You could eliminate half of the tracks and have a, have a really great stand-up album. <laughs> or I could pick half of one of your 19 albums that you've done in six years, in 16 years too, jerk. But yeah, I'm, I'm a, uh, I'm not a person who believes that these are like the uh, the two greatest albums of all time. There's a lot of filler mm-hmm. on these albums. And I tend to think that in general, two is better than one. I've gone. I think this is this sometimes happens probably when you're a fan of stuff is that you listen to something so much. You'll go through different phases where like I've probably had years where I go use your illusion Two was always my favorite. And then all of a sudden I was like, you know what? Dead Horse is pretty awesome on, on User <laughs> Illusion 1. That's kind of a deeper track. That's yeah. good. And then I'm like, hey, I got November Rain. I like I like the Don't Cry, the original lyrics. I like, I don't know. 
But I think two is probably better. Although uh, I assume you'd be on board or at least close to my world is one of the worst songs I've ever heard by anybody. Yeah. It's kind of, I've actually heard Yoko Ono songs that sounded better than that. Yeah. Like that's another one of those ones I'm going, is this one of those ones where the band was just like, these kick ass. If Axel really wants this like two minute weird thing on the album, so be it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, well, that's just. And I don't like the 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 alternate version of "Don't Cry" either. I'm yeah. Not a fan of that. You take those two off, and for me, then two is by far the better album. But oh yeah, estranged. I mean, estranged. Civil War. Uh, you could be mine. Uh, yesterday is good. I like fourteen years a lot. Great song. Right? Such a great song. Yeah, like. I actually, this is a weird thing. I I always wondered, and this was pre, you know, pre-Wikipedia, pre-internet, but Cape Fear had come out, like the remake with De Niro um, had come out right, I think the same year, 91. Okay. And I'm listening to the lyrics of 14 years and Max Cady had been in jail for 14 years. Oh, really? And I was like, was this supposed to be on, like, just, I never learned the answer, but I was like, was this supposed to be on the Cape Fear soundtrack? Because it would make sense, like, they come out the same year and it's this random song about like, I've been locked away for 14. Now it could be about a relationship. It could be, but yeah. it, it could easily apply to like a soundtrack for a criminal who's been locked away for 14 years. I, but that, I go, that song is so bluesy rock. Awesome. I love it. Well, you know why? Cause Izzy wrote it. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I, I, I've listened to his solo stuff and I, you just can't like, you can't believe the guy who's putting out this shitty solo work wrote some of the best guns and roses songs. Yeah. too. But yeah. So, all right. So we go to the illusions, right? So then we go through that. Do we talk about the spaghetti incident? I mean, I don't know. <sighs> it's a cover record. I mean, some of the ones I liked better. I mean, I loved uh, their cover of black leather. I think that's the best song on the album. But it's not the greatest album. When you put out the ballad as a single, I mean, the band was broken up at that point. We don't talk right. about it then. But I, I only, I just like it's still got nice slash guitars and axle vocals. Yeah. So that's always, that's always gonna, that's gonna like get you to a B right away just with that, <laughs> but not much more. Yeah. But yeah. Spaghetti Incident, that I was just at the point where I was like, oh, it's Guns and Roses did something. I'm buying it. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. But it wasn't. It, no, it wasn't. It wasn't that good. When I, I'm, I have a huge vinyl collection. At the, at the time, like that was the most I ever spent on a vinyl. It was like forty bucks. I bought it used in, in a store yeah. in Jersey City. <laughs> I, I never saw it before. So then we go like what? Ten years. Close to ten years, right? Before what? Before democracy, or fifteen? No, years. no, fifteen. I, now. I don't know if you were one of these geeks like I was, but like you'd always have the demo versions you'd find online. You'd see like the Rock and Rios from 2001, where you'd see some of the songs they play and stuff like that. Uh, I had versions of Chinese Democracy before the original version came out. Oh wow! I I like the record. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't. You don't. I could tell right no, now. No, 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 no. That's okay. that's me giving you like a. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to mostly agree with you on this. I one. like the record. And my only issue with it is call it Axl Rose. Right. Or call it Axl Rose's Guns N' Roses. I just I think that the album got shit on because of number one, obviously, the 15 years it took to put out or whatever long it took to take out. And then it just sounded so different and so disjointed yeah. Yeah. As, a, as a record. But I mean, some of the some of the. the best songs that they've done are on this record if you see them live 
Yeah. Like they do better live now Mm -hmm. slash and Duff playing it. And it's a guns and roses song, you know, like then you hear it that way. The the sad thing for, for me, and they're making up for lost time and lost money because they're, they've made like $700 million since 2016 (laughs) touring. So, so the money, the the money has been reclaimed that they gave up for (laughs) 20 years, but what I kept thinking was no disrespect to Scott Weiland, who I think was a very good front man. And obviously Stone Temple Pilots was great. But when I listened to Velvet Revolver, I would be like, it's, there's no shame, Scott Weiland, in not being Axl Rose. It's like yeah. that. But boy, would I love, like, that's been my wish. I went to Guns N' Roses twice, like in 2016, mm-hmm. when they when they started touring again. But I was like, is there any way you guys could maybe do respectfully some, a couple of Velvet Revolver songs? You know they with, do, right? I did not know that. Yeah, they, they, do, co- they, they cover Sliver. When I saw them. They cover Sliver, a Slither. I didn't like that's that's great because that's yeah, like it, they didn't do it when I saw them. And I was it's like, good. Oh, of course it is it's good. Right. <laughs> but that's like because when I knew a couple of them, I could I could see him also killing it on fall to pieces, like being yeah. a, a good axle vocal. Similarly, when I listen to Chinese democracy, I go, well, yes, I, I've always known Axel Rose, good songwriter, good like, but it's missing that slash duff mix like it's mint it's so it's i liked chinese democracy also i know i was much like yourself i'm sure like somebody who was like just don't let it suck and i was like it was like edging it was like edging (laughs) for like five hours and then like you just you you know what's going to happen at some point and that just doesn't but there were there were there were four or five songs on that album that i genuinely really liked me too. Um, so, so I was, I was like happy with it, but I, you know, there of course was going to be the immediate, well, if it's, if it's not appetite for the destruction, for destruction, it's got, it's a, it's dog shit and Axel right. sucks. Now it's uh, 2016. The first time you saw them live. Yes. Which, okay. so you have to understand as a, like a little, basically a little kid, there was nobody that was going to be able to really take me to a guns and roses concert yeah. um, at 10 so then they break up and I'm like, literally for like decades, like, why can't they get back together? Yeah. Why, why come on. So in 2016, here's how I knew I was happy. The first one I went to was Philly. I went to Philly and met life. Me too. Me, yeah. I was at the Philly show too. And Philly was, it was, it was, it was disgustingly hot. And I'm mm-hmm. one of those people that like heat ruins like like if i'm hot i'm like i don't care what's happening right yeah, now i want to die angry yeah, and i just want to die not that night right i was like disgust like i remember going back to the hotel and like showering at 1 a.m or whatever and just but, but being like in a state of like euphoria like i didn't even think about the heat i didn't think <laughs> about the sweat i was just like they sound great thank yeah. you i went with the- a friend of mine because i said look there's one person who go with me to philadelphia let me go there first because i had a group of like 15 of us going to see them at metlife mm-hmm. i didn't know what my reaction was gonna be right I and like, look, if I'm gonna cry like a bitch, I'd rather do it in front of one person <laughs> than 15. Right. And buddy, as soon as dun 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 dun, bawling, I'm 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 crying like a widow looking at her wedding video, like it's, I'm fucking dying. 
all the way through the first song. I could, I don't remember it so easy at all from the first concert. I was crying like a girl. Uh, I did not cry, but I was, I think my version of crying is being happy. And so I was just like, I was like, like just it's happening and they sound great. Like yeah. they, there's no like how, like, you know, how was Axel? Great. Great. Like yeah. there wasn't it. one situation that when I saw them on those two tours that he didn't sound fantastic. Yeah. So I was, it was just seeing them live. It was, it was, you know, I had tickets to see them last year. Like I skipped their second go around of shows, but yeah. then I had tickets to see them in 2020. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, 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 I took a refund instead did, of waiting. I did the same, did the yeah. same thing. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. But uh, I saw them with um, the DJ Ashba, uh, Ron Fall uh, lineup. When it was like okay. the Axel and the all-star band and he played Roseland in the city. So now I'm all the way in the front. It's it's like three quarters soul at this point. Now I pl- I've played guitar since I'm 12, so I know oh, nice. tone. I know tones and stuff like that. I'm listening to all this. So like I'm playing. I'm, I'm listening to the songs. I'm like, man, DJ is really just fucking wailing. Right? He he sounds just like Slash. So now I'm getting to the front, and I can see everything. And I'm like, oh, he's playing a Les Paul. Okay, great. Okay, now I get it. Okay, oh oh. He's going through a Marshall full stacks. Okay. All right. Now oh, he's playing every pedal that Slash plays. Oh, now I understand too. And I got to tell you, it bummed me out so much for him personally, because he's a monster guitar player. I mean, 6AM is one of the best bands in the last 10 years, you know? And you know, Axel just saying, uh, no, here's, you want a job. This is how you're going to play. All right. And his, his playing style is completely different. So, like, I saw that and I was like, all right. You know, it was still kind of like watching a cover band yep. for me. So when that Philly show hit, well, the gloves were off. I think I went to six shows on that tour. Wow. And I think to the next. And then I had got the tickets for Giant Stadium and, and sold them. So, yeah, I think I sold them eight times. Wow. Insane. Yeah. I- I will see them again for sure. Assuming they keep touring, but I, uh, yeah, two was, two was the max I could do. Um, but I was like, it was, it was, it was beautiful. It was, it was was like going to church. Yeah. Um, and for me, it was one of those things where, to be honest, I'm not a rowdy, uh, type of dude. Like Mm -hmm. I've seen a bunch of, um, a bunch of bands like later in their career, like almost like, you know, the, the, the comeback tour, the riff, sure. Hey, come on old folks who used to love us. And I thought <laughs> to myself, I know the energy would have been amazing at guns and roses in 1990. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I could handle it. And especially as a younger, like if it's, 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 it's pleasant being like the average age of the concert goers is like 40. There's yeah. not as much, uh, would you say, bro, <laughs> like oh, kind of energy. Um, cause I went, I went to see in college, I saw at Foxborough stadium, um, Metallica kid rock and corn. And you can imagine the energy of the crowd yeah. was, was 70,000 dudes and 19 chicks. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember I wore as a joke cause I'm funny, a Yankee t-shirt. Oh, that works. And then about, Halfway through corn, somebody was burning a Yankee hat 
uh, and another person called me the F word. And I said, let's put this T-shirt on inside out. There's just a feeling that I could yeah. be randomly selected for a, uh, a brick to the forehead sometime <laughs> during Metallica's set. Exactly. <laughs> and listen, let's not let's not forget the fact that you're like what six 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 seven six seven. Yeah. yeah and so this was I was college college athlete, but it was it was a, a lot of uh, uh, testo- negative uh, testosterone. It felt oh, like yeah. we've seen those shows. There's been so I'll never forget the the one show everybody always asks like you know what's the like the scariest concert you ever went to? I saw Rage Against the Machine and Wu Tang Clan at the <laughs> old Continental Arena, and I always say I had two of my friends with me who were younger, so I was like the older statesman to watch them. Right, so we mm-hmm. go in and Wu Tang's on first, and we are literally on general mission on the rail. And this was like the first time I really noticed like a uh, a cultural difference. I w- I'm just gonna say because like you see metalheads and you see rap people, you know everybody's you know they're all into their stuff, but you don't ever really kind of see them together. So Wu Tang's on, and like I'm like this is good. I'm not really a rap dude. I'm I'm into it, you know whatever. Mm-hmm. And they leave, and then Rage comes on, and the pit breaks out. So I'm thinking. This is going to be bad. I see. I could feel the pit behind me. Like you, there'll be people who are like, I'm not here for a, uh, a bro mosh pit. <laughs> yeah. So I remember having these two young dudes with me and I, I forgot what song they opened with, but like I turned around and you could see like a light bulb go off with the rap crowd. Like this shit looks cool. And like, you know, when you're moshing, there's a sort of like, WWE kind of move yeah. set that you do, you know, and they were just like, no, boom, and just start beating the shit out of people. Like it was just this weird thing. And then it was a bum rush to the stage. I'm 6'3. Okay. So I'm not a small dude either. Right. I said to myself, if I don't move right now, I'm going to die. And I had to push back. And we literally got pulled from the front uh... of the Izod Center all the way to the back. Like they were just dragging us out. And I was like, you know what? I'm done. This and is a it. young child named Travis Scott was going, this is cool. <sighs> Please. <laughs> Fucking that blow. First of all, that he has his own festival is mind boggling to begin with. <laughs> These but, kids, kids today. I'm telling you. So now, okay. So now we've, we've gotten our, we've gotten to see them, you know, and we're all happy and life is good. Now they put out two new singles. Which I didn't even know this is how bad, this is how out of it I am. I saw that they put out one single and I saw somebody say it was terrible. Horrific, actually. And that's sad. It was somebody whose judgment I sort of, tr- like, kind of just was like, well, maybe I don't want to ruin my, uh, my thoughts on the band by just <laughs> volunteering. But is the second single any good? No. So, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> the first one is absurd which was an old uh, song called Silkworms that they had demoed for Chinese democracy and never put on it. So they would play it live. So it's just redone with slashes and, and duff on the mm-hmm. on bass. The next one's called hard school. Uh, I was enraged when I downloaded it and I saw the cover art it was like a picture of like a, a school locker. I was like, all right, this is not going to be good. Like I knew just from looking at it before I had played that it was not going to be great. Again, it's another old demo from Chinese democracy that they just re-recorded. So it's not technically super new music. If you're a real like 
digging deep fan like I am. Like right. I've heard these songs when I got the single. I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? Another one, you know? Uh, so it's still new music. Right. But well, I think I think there's there's always a chance, as much as I'd like to hear them get in a studio and like do a new album. Um, you know, when I read, I, I assume you've read, uh, have you read Slashes and Duffs? Oh, yeah. I have Steven Adler's. That's the only one I haven't read yet. Um, but when I read and I forget which one it was, maybe it was both, but the the amount of their hit songs that they wrote in like an early short span it was like we wrote appetite for destruction patience like november like i like like three of the big songs off of the use your illusions and i was like if you guys had just like been normal for like five years you might have <laughs> been able to just write like 10 diamond albums right exactly <laughs> now did you ever get the like the ultra uh, that super duper deluxe 30th anniversary edition they put out. See, had it happened, had they put that out last year, I would have been in a position to go, Oh, I'm, I can spend on, on fancy things that just tickle, <laughs> tickle me. But I was not, I was like, it was one of those ones where I was like, I'm going to be responsible, but I yeah. do, I do want this. <laughs> yeah. They put out the, the uh, digital version. Now, a lot of these songs. No, but I, I, we're old school. Like I want, I want, like, if I'm going to have oh, yeah. a collectible for my favorite band, I don't want to be like, uh, let me just uh, yeah, click on this file. Way. Check this out. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm definitely the same way. Dude, dude, I got box, like those super deluxe box sets, like just upstairs, not even opened yet. <laughs> but, uh, just, just, just keep buying them and keep buying them. But. Um, yeah, so some of these songs were like I used to remember. Uh, now you grew up in the Bronx for Yonkers, mm-hmm. okay. uh, Bronx, Riverdale, the yeah. Bronx. So I grew up in uh, Hudson County, so I grew up in Union City. So I can remember going up to this little store called Things from England in Cliffside Park. I would take the bus up, and they used to sell bootleg tapes. It was all, like he had no idea what you were buying, like you would say, like you'd see the track list all handwritten or whatever. and Sometimes you'd have great shit. Sometimes you'd be like, you couldn't hear a damn thing. Right. I remember getting one and it was all these demos. And it was, it was Guns N' Roses, obviously, but they do Heartbreak Hotel. They do Jumpin' Jack Flash. They have recorded versions of these. Wow. And they had a version from 1985 of November Rain with Axe from Axe. Before Appetite's out, it's just him on right. the piano and it's it's haunting. Like you put it on and it's, it you just gives you the chills. That's how great this version is. Wow. But like <laughs> it's on, it is unbelievable. I, I, if I have digitals, I'll email them to you. Oh, cool. Let me tell you, man, they are, they're just unbelievable. But uh, I, I, you know, I, I lost my train of thought. I was going somewhere with this. I totally was going somewhere with this. Digitals and uh, two singles. So I don't know if they're going to be releasing anything else for now. They said they were in the studio. These are the two. I'd rather them not put anything else out. Yeah. I'd rather them a, take like four or five years off and just come back with a monster instead of just pushing out like rehashed garbage, you know? Right. Like your, your Guns N' Roses, you don't have to do content. <laughs> yeah. You can, <laughs> you can just do your process you are legends so you can just go do the the old process not uh i don't want to see you guys on instagram i don't want to see you guys (laughs) i want you guys just 
whatever worked in the past, but it's, it's to me, I wish they had had like two other big albums. Like I wish I like, like 1995, like 96 and 2000 or something, just like two other killer rock albums, because I really do think they'll, I think they'll never in most people's minds, never get to that Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin level, but they like, I do think that they, they, it's like sports. Like they don't have the career stats. You can't really argue it. Yeah. on t- in terms of just pound for pound quality in their in their space when they existed at their peak as great rock as anybody ever Don Mattingly yeah exactly not in the hall of fame obviously Guns N' Roses is but yeah I agree 100% I think if they I think things would have been a little different musically personally too like you got to remember there was no monster hard rock besides then once grunge broke yeah i could have like you know kind of been like a like an old school survivor series wrestling match or like you have the four on one and the three on one pushing it out of the mm-hmm. way they were it that was it i mean the, are the black crows gonna go up against nirvana right you know guns and roses was it i think they just lost too much time yeah. I think there was too much time lost but I think they'll have one more good album. I think they're going to, they're going to really give us one more. I don't know when it's going to be, but I just hope it's more of a, a collaborative kind of thing. Sure. Cause when you hear, like you said before, that Velvet revolver, it's, it's a guns and roses album. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it was everything that slash and duff had together. Like once they left Axel, they're like, all right, how many songs you got? I got six. How many and, you got? And, I got and four. what you're saying, that's, and I, once again, because Scott Weiland doesn't deserve to be like, oh, Scott, no, Scott Weiland, sad, tragic death, a great front man, part mm-hmm. of two good groups. But if Axl Rose had just been the lead singer on Velvet Revolver's album, I mean, with some adjustments and changes, maybe that's one of the two albums that I'd be looking for post, you know, exactly. where I go. Oh, and then remember, after 10 years, they dropped that other album that that killed it and brought back some like legitimately hard rock. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That I mean, because fall bad. to pieces, fall to pieces could, like you know, Axel wailing on that would be yeah. would be awesome. Oh, yeah. Even Sucker Train Blues, that real fast. You know, mm-hmm. riffing bluesy song. Oh man, but it's really cool. Go on YouTube, check out um, uh, them covering uh, Slither. Yeah, no, definitely. It's I mean, so like, good. I'm sad because that that was one of the things I said. The two concerts I went to, they didn't play Patience. <laughs> I was like, hey, why no Patience? And I was like, oh. And then of course, I sold tickets to a friend uh, at the Garden when they like were when they went from the stadiums to the arenas. Yeah, and I went back to stadiums, but and he said, "Oh, they played Patience." I'm like, "Of course they did. Of and course Pink, they did." And Pink came out and sang it with them too. Oh wow! When I saw them in the garden, yeah. So it's one of those. It's it's uh, and and the other thought I had was like, maybe there's a rights issue or something or a respect issue, like with Scott Weiland passing away. But I was like, it'd be nice if they played some Velvet Revolver songs because I'd love to hear that with Axel. So I just assumed it wasn't happening until you. Oh. You told me. <laughs> you know what it was? It was like on the last tour, they added two songs. They added that 
and they uh, they took off my personal favorite out to get me off the set list to uh-huh. cover Wichita Lineman by Glenn Campbell. Because it was right when Glenn Campbell had died. Oh, gotcha. And and I'm like, all right. So like the the show that I get to see, they get to play Wichita Lineman. Then it's like the next tour. They're still playing this song. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) And they did um, Black Hole Sun. Uh, uh, Cornell died too. They took like my favorite song out and put Wichita Lineman in. But then they put Slither into the the encore, actually. It was right before Paradise City. So I had to stay. Least least favorite Guns N' Roses song. Well, it's my world. Yeah, because like that's that's almost like an easy one, right? Like it's a piece of shit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like it's not even like it's hard to even consider that a song. Um, Least favorite, the one that the one that comes to mind is is uh, "Think About You." Like in terms of it's just like because I'm just like. What is this? Like, I literally, when I hear it, I go, you just took me from my Michelle, you know, daddy works in porno and, <laughs> and it's right before sweet child of mine. Yeah. And in between it's, I think about you. I'm like, what's the who? weirdest song, man. It's <laughs> like, if you slowed it down, like an eighth, it's a pop song. Right. <laughs> it's like, just slow it down just a little tiny bit. I'd like to think that that's maybe, even though they were a rebellious, aggressive band, you know, when that when that executive from Geffen says we we kind of need a is there some way you can put a peppier song in here? Yeah. I know I'm not trying to tell you guys what to do, but just to fill out the album. And maybe they're just like, nah, okay, this I have some lyrics here. Let's let's do this. Right, the only right. thing I like about it when I do listen to the album, like without skipping anything, is when it hits those final notes. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, oh, we're about to get. The guitar solo from Slash. Like, it's almost like, oh, thank God. That horrible intro to Sweet Child of Mine. <laughs> Most underrated Guns N' Roses song. Um, I, I mean, for you, it would be Paradise City. Because uh, <laughs> you're because you're horribly rating it. Um, <laughs> underrated. You know what song I like? Because I know it's probably not even rated at all. Um, I like the song Prostitute. Okay. On Chinese democracy. I just feel like a lot of stuff on that um gets gets nothing. Yeah, exactly. So prostitute is is one of the ones I really like off of Chinese democracy. I think his uh I think their best song is estranged, personally. Sure. I think it's great. I think it's much better than November Rain, possibly because it's it was so overplayed on MTV. Right. But I think Axel's greatest lyrics are in the song Don't Damn Me. Ooh off of one read the lyrics it's like the most stream of consciousness like beatnik poetry you've ever seen at a very fast pace okay i just i absolutely i will, love I will revisit it for sure you have to you have to do this hour went very quick yeah it did it went very oh, quick up fun. until about 48 minutes ago uh no 11 minutes ago at 7 48 when the edibles really kicked in ah. <laughs> That's when I noticed the difference. But anyway, um, I want people to find you on social media. Uh, so why don't you give us your handles? All sure, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the easiest way, I guess, is just to, if you go to jlcomedy.com, you know, if you click on like contact, it has every social Instagram, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Twitter, um, jlcovan. So it's J-L-C-A-U-V-I-N. 
those are, I guess, the two sites that I do the most stuff on and, and have the most following. So Instagram or Twitter, JL Covan and uh, upcoming shows are on the website, jlcomedy.com. So. And your amazing podcast. Yeah, uh, I have, I have two, one is successful and one is me talking in my own voice. <laughs> uh, so I have making podcast great again, which is a weekly show that I do as Trump that I really thought I would be done with by now, but it's our fan base is still strong. It, I, it is because I really do want to like, even if I just give it a year off and then if he runs again, like we, we, we resurrect it, but I'm, it's, it is, I'll admit, it's a little hard to be like, Hey, these fans, like every week they're interacting and you, you want to keep that engagement. Sure. Um, the other podcast is righteous PK, which is righteous prick, but I don't write it out. Cause one time it got like censored or something. I don't know. So uh, that's, that's my, me bitching about comedy and, and life and, and movies. So either one or both, everything can be found at jlcomedy.com. Buddy, this is a lot of fun. Hell I'm yeah. Thank you for having to, me. Uh, oh, anytime, man. Anytime. If you have another favorite band, we'll do it again. It's probably only like, like I, I joked, but there's probably like one or two, like other, cause I've heard you, I did listen to a few episodes and I'm like, oh yeah. Right. And from all your posts, I can tell you're, you're like with music, the way I might be with movies. I like, is that you, you seem to know a lot about a lot. And I was like, yeah. Guns and Roses, I can, I'll hold my own because they are my favorite. But even you, you, you still put me to shame with your, <laughs> with, with all your deep cuts and your, your, your demos and everything. But uh, it's good uh, stuff. I'm gonna say they are the best. Thank you again, buddy. And uh, hit the subscribe button, like all of his shit, and uh, we will see you next week. Thank you, guys. 